What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Monsters. Welcome to Scream and Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. This is our 80th episode. Hey, what? I know, I know. It's our 80th episode and our last episode of 2000. And what year is it? 18. 2018. I thought you were going to say something terrible then. That's our last episode ever. Because we're all going to die live on air. My name's Jonathan Larkin. I'm Martin Fennessy. For now. Stephen <laughs> Moore. Uh, and I'm Jonathan Butler. He had to think about that. <laughs> I was just I was I was thinking about saying send help if it, you know, <laughs> If this is the last message anyone ever hears from me, it was Jonathan Larkin. Oh, it was me, what did it? <laughs> I so um this is the first time the four of us have been together for a while. Mm-hmm. It is, I barely know you. You won't realise this if you're listening to us like in in um, chronological order online because I posted our Final Destination 3 episode last, but we recorded that ages ago. Mm-hmm. So, you're yeah. in the magic. I know, I know, we're breaking the fourth wall. The magic of Hollywood is gone. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of Hollywood left long, long yeah, ago when we discussed the rape and death of Corey Hayne. <laughs> not in my world. Um, so it's the first time the four of us have been together. So I did actually have a theory on our last episode that maybe Martin and Stephen had had some sort of fall out because <laughs> yeah. it, they would never be on the same show together. So can you two is it about me up? Is it about Stephen's t-shirt by any chance? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was appropriate. Angela and um, what's it's next to her? She's got an a time animal? Theater? Um, um, and magnifying glass. Magnifying glass of all, there's a cat. Oh, yeah, I can see what you mean, actually. It's made of shirt. It's made of shirt. No, it's made of shirt. Don't patronise somebody who's been a warning in 1917. I've missed this, you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought that up now. <laughs> we don't get them. <laughs> Jonathan is in some sort of stunning knitwear. It's just, uh, well, it's not really, cr- it's festive. But Nordic. Yeah, Nordic. It's like Scandi crime. Yeah, why not? So so you're ready for a killing? Mm. Oh. Let's oh, cross a bridge. Martin's in pastel colours. No, no pastel as such. Just, yeah. maybe it wasn't Sky blue. You, maybe it wasn't when you bought it, but it's washed out. <laughs> <laughs> like your complexion. Like my complexion. <laughs> I've had to shave, so I look really pale and extra fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel fat at the moment. It's 
It's Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, it is Christmas. And also, my husband left me last week. <laughs> Temporarily, but... Um, he's, <laughs> what I mean is, he's gone, he's gone away to work, and I've got nobody to cook for me, so I'm having to eat pizza two nights in a row. <laughs> Living the dream. One night was hot pizza, the next night was cold pizza. Um, I've had to eat things out of the freezer, um, fish finger sandwiches... With an ice cream drizzle. With an ice cream drizzle, <laughs> just flavour. Um, but yeah, I'm not actually complaining about any of that, but it will make me very fat. But it's Christmas, so I can get away with that. Yeah. I can get away with that. So our 80th episode, we thought we would do something that we should have done a while ago. Um, um, we just sort of haven't got around to it, but we, it's an iconic, classic horror film. And I wasn't consulted, I just got told. And yeah, so we found it easier if we just tell Stephen what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was very confused when you started messaging about him. <laughs> well, like we, we don't yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was there an issue? Do you want to bring it up with the group? Yeah, I just saying, you know, it was like, oh, we're podcasting next Tuesday, and I was like, what am I watching? Just why I'm last minute on my homework yet again. That would just be that would be how it was anyway. Were you watching I did, it? I did have two days off, and I didn't do it then either. <laughs> Were you watching it on your phone in the car here again last, like you did before? No, no, I have done that one before, but not this time. <laughs> what was it? Um, I can't even remember. <laughs> I think it was. This is... <laughs> oh, I think I really struggled, and I'd like, I kept turning off because it was doing me head in. And I got just about finished it. That's amazing. Admit it, for two days you've been watching Crash Bandicoot sped up. I have. I've been watching speedruns of Crash Bandicoot, which is very entertaining. Actually playing it or just watching? No, just watching speed people speed. who got at the gameplay because it took me two days to finish it. Yeah. I watched them do it. Then How do you know this, Jordan? Because he told me before you turned up. Many kids have been watching three different versions of The Wicker Man like I did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Life choices. Oh, I've just spoiled what we're talking about. Oh, well, never mind. Um, so, in 1973, uh, horror icon Christopher Lee had played Dracula in seven Hammer movies and he'd had enough. He was sick of the bloodshot contact lenses. He was sick of what he thought to be tacky, banal scripts. He wanted the challenge. Playwright Anthony Schaffer had just the challenge for him, and together with first-time director Robin Hardy, they created a folk horror classic. Combining an idyllic locale with a tried-and-tested murder mystery story, throwing in an eerie soundtrack of folk ditties and musical numbers, a hell of a lot of nudity and a jar of foreskins, they appeased the gods of 70s horror and a classic was born. But so strange and queer was the film that it didn't find its much-deserved appreciation for decades to come. So without further ado, put your pagan drag on, get your salmon of knowledge out, (laughs) or if you prefer, take off all your clothes and rub your tits up against the wall. It's time to keep your appointments with the Wicker Man. I could a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood. to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already told... In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you that can stand by and see your own child slaughtered? 
You were the fool, Mr. Harvey. You're liars. You are despicable little liars. I wish I could have just brought out of nowhere a recorder and played it all the time. I can't play the recorder, but I just wish I could. Not with your mouth. Not with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a visual joke. We could throw, throw in like a sound effect of you playing the recorder and make people think yeah. that you're multi-talented. Just, well, not with me now. Picture, just yeah. like, Martin, give us a tune. <laughs> that wasn't with my mouth. What version of the Wicker Man have we all watched? I paid for it. Paid. I, I'm not sure which one I watched. I... Um, found it it was just it just happened to start playing on my tv so i watched it right yes yeah um and it ha- it looked like um it looked like there was some scenes put back in so right. it could have been the final cut yeah the quality yeah. like noticeably dipped in a few scenes yeah i don't um, think not necessarily maybe not maybe those scenes were just poor quality yeah i was comparing this with john before and apparently that was on the original so yeah when i'm that's what I thought. We watched the final cut together. But that had scenes that definitely dropped in, but definitely different different quality. quality. Yeah, yeah. There was like the the, the boy to bring over the sacrifice to uh, Brissetland. Yeah, a sacrifice yeah. to Aphrodite. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was the I think there was some extra scenes in the graveyard with the woman's breastfeeding the baby. Yes, there was some extra bits before that. He was looking at graves. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. That, was that the final cut? That's was the director. Oh, uh, well, I think it's the director's cut, but it could be the final cut because I watched the final cut with Martin mm. last night. Or night, no, before. night before, and then I watched the director's cut today. And the director's cut had some of those extra scenes in as well, but yeah. other extra scenes on top of that. Yeah. Mm. So the director's cut is longer than the final cut. It's really confusing. confusing. The premise of The Wicker Man is Sergeant Howie, played by Edward Woodward, or if he didn't have any D's in his name, he would be E while we were. <laughs> <laughs> Gets like a letter sent to him from the Summer Isle, which is like a little Scottish island off the coast of... Scotland. <laughs> Scottish yeah. Islands are. Um, I thought it was an island. Scottish Island with palm trees. I was convinced I was in either Ireland or it was Middle Earth. <laughs> Middle Earth. Really? Is that because of some of the dodgy accents? Yeah, well, no, just because I'm a moron and I can't tell the difference between <laughs> Irish music and Scottish music, it sounds exactly the same. Well, there's a lot of pipes going on, isn't mm. there? Yeah. And it wasn't until the Wikipedia did at the end that I realised I was wrong. That Wikipedia? Is it Wikipedia? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
There is a Wikipedia. There probably is, yeah, isn't it? So he gets he gets a letter from somewhere else from somebody saying that a young girl has gone missing, doesn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. A young girl called Rowan Morrison. So he heads over there to investigate this disappearance. In his little plane? Is it a police plane? Yeah. 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 Is that called a hydrofoil? Hydroplane, is it? No, hydrofoil is like a... It's a bit like a hover, hovercraft, I think. Oh, is it? I, just I was just amazed thing. they yeah. had the money in the 1970s the police to actually have a plane that lands on water mm. never mind he gets there and he faces no end of confusion um, some people say that the, the the little girl never existed some people say that um, Rowan Morrison is a hare some people say that Rowan Morrison did die some people say she didn't and did, 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 we don't use the die word on we the don't side. use that term on and it all gets very very confusing and he he um the film is basically about his struggle because he's a devout Christian mm. and he comes to an island where they are not Christians, they're pagans. Wicked, filthy pagans. <laughs> Damn you all to hell. Well, doesn't he say heathens? Heathens, yes, yes. Uh, he struggles with this and he's trying to unfurl this 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 mystery. Is it a murder mystery? Is it just a disappearance? Or is she being held captive to be used as a sacrifice because the crops have been failing and they think if they sacrifice a virginal girl, the crops will start to pop up again. But the big twist is, spoiler alert, it was all a elaborate plan because they needed somebody who wasn't... They needed somebody who was a believer in God because his blood stands for more and they were well, getting more Well, it's because pro- he represents the law. He's, he's there representing the king because yeah. he represents the, the crown because he's a police officer. Yeah. Of course, yes. Yeah. And he is... A virgin. A virgin. And he's the ultimate sacrifice and he will get them all the crops they need. So the plan is to trap him and shove him inside a big giant man made of wicker, shockingly, and burn him. And oh. the Along with a load of calves and goats and chickens. <laughs> it, 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 it is sad when I see the goose. I think there's a yeah, goose. Really so, no. I'm not really sorry for him. I'm sorry for the, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry for the animals. I'm not surprised myself. Yeah. I am not sorry for them, but I am. Yeah, yeah that was a lot worse. Um, so I'm quite intrigued as to what you thought of it. Stephen Moore. Me? Mm. Me, me. <laughs> well, just because I know that we'd seen it before. Uh, I loved it. Oh, did you? Oh, straight off the bat. I think with all of these kind of pagan-y kind of films, they go, like, completely batshit, and at times you're looking at your screen thinking, what the hell am I actually watching? <laughs> but it was really well put together, it was really well done, everyone was great at acting, except for one person that really told me head in. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Not the little girl. A Rowan. Ah, uh, right. I thought she was acting bad on purpose. Turns out she wasn't. Right. Carried on. <laughs> um, I never noticed her bad acting, actually. Oh, she's awful. Um, she was no myrtle. And then I just... Yeah, I thought it was really fun. There was some amazing scenes. And, like, just... It's beautiful at times. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And it was a musical. <laughs> Well, so yeah. <laughs> first of our questions of the evening is it a musical? Yes, I think it's a musical because a lot of the songs sort of it fall forward the, the plot mm-hmm. on, don't they? Yeah, um, I'd say so. Yeah. I think you get enough of the plot details, and some of the music is set like it's diegetic. It's part of the story. 
Yeah. Um, but then some bits also feel like they're not quite diegetic and it's, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just over the just over plays the over the top. But then it? they're still talking about the plot, so therefore to me that's a very musical thing. Mm. If it wasn't a musical, then it would be one or the other. Yeah. And the fact that they combines both and there's so much music. Yeah, there's a lot of music. And repeating songs as well, it's very musical. It's one of the first films, I think that one of the first sorts of especially horror films. That was made with as much effort going into the music as there was going into the mm. film. I think that's really interesting. The soundtrack is like a big cult seller now, isn't it? I think that was sort of revived in the 90s, I think it was. Somebody got their hands on it and started making prints on vinyl of it to see if it did any business. And it did. It like sold out, so they, they kept it going. It's just like on Apple Music now, and I was listening yeah. to it today on the train and stuff. And some of the songs are like absolutely filthy as well. Some of the lyrics, which we'll, we'll <laughs> get to. The landlord's door. The landlord's door. No, no, that's the reason. That's a bit of an iconic moment. In that's one of my favourite moments in the film. Much has been said of the strumpets of yore, of wenches and bawdy house queens by the score. But I sing of a baggage that we all adore, the landlord's daughter. Oh, her lips are as roses, her wine is a treat. Her whiskey is good and her figure is neat. And while she is serving her bitter, she's sweet. The landlord's daughter, you'll never love another. Although she's not the kind of girl to take home to your mother. Her ale, it is lively and strong to the taste. She's brewed with discretion and never with haste. You can have all you like if you swear not to waste. The landlord's daughter, and when her name is mentioned, the parts of every gentleman do stand up at attention. Now there's Jane of the Blossom and all of the Crown, pretty Kate of the Garter and Stardown in town. A dolly who keeps a red heart of renown, but I'll take the landlord's daughter, oh nothing can be like so. As does the path that lies between her left toe and her right toe. We've seen it before what were your thoughts watching it again Martin um, I I really enjoyed it I think you it's one of those films that you um, I don't know you get more out of each time you watch it but you just it, but it feels fresh every time you watch it mm. it's marvellous and it's, it's it's filthy and it's strange <laughs> it's very strange it never gets any less strange no, yeah. you feel like you have been brought into a completely alien World, but I'd actually, I'd actually want to go to Summer Isle. I want to go. I want to go to Summer Isle. I want to get involved in all the pagany yeah. stuff. I definitely came on to the side of the pagans. I want to convert mm. <laughs> mm. to whatever religion that that, yeah. that is. I'm probably a bit susceptible to that sort of thing. Well, because when we watch, because when we watch the witch, I, we, I wanted to be. I wanted to be a witch and not strong to find it. It's levitating in the air. And totally. 
be part of the Black Phillips gang. So you wanted to live deliciously. I just want to yeah. live deliciously. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all, Jonathan? Do you, would you like? Would thou likes to live deliciously? <laughs> that's, that's a brilliant film. Yeah, I think that. What can you say about it, really? It's just well, you could say it's the Citizen Kane of horror movies, apparently, well, according to Cinefantastics magazine. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a bit over the top. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see why something has to be the something of something else. No. Somebody on Twitter said that. Um, <laughs> someone said that uh, they just saw it as uh, they said I'd go as far as to call it the Wicker Man of non-horror films. <laughs> 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 that was Richard Wells. I, I wouldn't say it was the Citizen Kane of horror films. I have to confess, I've never seen Citizen Kane. Yeah. Fair enough. I've yeah. seen Citizen Kane. It's not the Citizen Kane of horror films, but I don't think there needs to be a Citizen no. Kane of horror films, and I don't know what would be. It's a good film, and yeah. it's a well-made film, and yeah, I would I'd it's say it's I put So I put the question out to people, what do you think of this film, or what are your thoughts? Is it the Citizen Kane of horror films? And we had quite a, quite a lot of responses, actually. So uh, we had um, House of Freudstein on Twitter, says it's a terrific film, although I personally wouldn't go as far as to call it the Citizen Kane of horror movies. He says, I'm looking forward to the episodes, I'm thinking of Britt Ackland. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty <Yeah>. bastard. <laughs> Put it away. <laughs> Rebecca McCallum, who won our poster on the from oh, the Suspiria well podcast. Well done, Rebecca. Snaps, Rebecca. Um, <laughs> the Wicker Man is a contender. <laughs> 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 Jonathan Butler's just giving you jazz hands there, Rebecca. Um, don't want to offend anyone with claps now, yeah. do you? No, that's true. Yeah, I don't want to give you the clap. Uh, Rebecca says, uh, The Wicker Man is a contender for the best British horror. It's a classic folk film that concentrates on an outsider coming into something unknown and eerie, which I love. A more recent example would be the Belgian film The Ordeal or Calvert. Have, have we seen this? Because I remember seeing this on the cinema. Yeah, Vincent Cassel, isn't it? Yeah, and my head nearly fell off. <laughs> that's, that's a good film, um, which I'm sure is influenced by W by The Wickman. The soundtrack, which I have on vinyl, is also incredible. I've never felt so much dread as when poor Howie approaches the Wicker Man in the final scenes. However, interestingly, with his prim views, I don't find them wholly sympathetic. Neither do yeah. I. No. no. I think the actual individual shot where it just zooms in on his face as he goes over the hill for the first time. You haven't you haven't seen the Wicker Man yet, but it's just him seeing it. That's just amazing. That gives you sympathy, I think, because his fear is real, isn't it? Edward's only... fear was real. Only terrified. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know that I had sympathy for him at that point. If I did, it was a flicker. Yeah. Um. It's not. I didn't because his his beliefs are just as fucking stupid as theirs. You know what I mean? That's what Christianity in itself is just a sun worshiping. You know, it grew from a sun worshiping cult. So that's all they're doing. So there's no real difference. I had more respect for them than I did for him because they weren't trying to convert him. No, they just wanted to kill him. Just wanted to kill him. Yeah, they weren't trying to convert him in any way. They Mm. weren't interested in any outsiders coming in. They wanted just to be left alone. Fuck off, leave us alone. If we if we get our crops right and appease the gods, we'll be self sufficient and we won't do anybody any mm. harm unless you yeah represent the the king. Whereas he comes on and immediately, like a bull in a china shop, wants yeah. to convert them all to Christianity and is calling mm. them all fit to burn. Mm. Fit to burn. <laughs> So Rebecca goes on to say, Howie is neither ready nor equipped for what he finds, and I wondered if there's an argument for stepping into cultures and communities you know little about, and as a result, there might be consequences. 
I also feel like this is almost a precursor. <laughs> mm. That was something unusual recently. Oh, yeah, thinking about the same person. Mm. Yeah. She says, I also feel like this is almost a curse to Twin Peaks, Rowan as Laura and Howie as Cooper, although not exuding the same zen-like coolness. Also, let's get one thing straight. Killing me won't bring back your apples. Great line. Thank you, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Peter Schmidt on Twitter says, I wouldn't go as far as to compare it with Citizen Kane, but I absolutely adore it. It's such a unique and fascinating movie. Hack and Slash podcasts say the same. I think, but I think it's a cr- great, creepy, and interesting movie with some of the most palpable atmosphere I've ever seen in a film. Our friend Chris Brown, not the one who beat Rihanna, says, <laughs> I do really think it's one of the best British horror films. The ending is a sucker punch. It's utterly bizarre, and it really feels like Robin Hardy was utterly obsessed with it. Laura Brown says the music is incredible. The score roots it in folk horror more than most. Andrew Roberts, who hosts the fabulous Nasty Pasty podcast, says, I'm definitely a fan of the original. It's both bizarre and chilling at the same time. But the remake, ouch. <laughs> um, Which I have seen before. Uh-huh. That was the one that I've seen before. Rachel Nisbet says, a British, horror folk, a British folk horror masterpiece. It's an exceptionally well-crafted film that slowly unravels into something that's genuinely unsetting and surreal. Beautiful use of location and pagan mythos to create a wonderfully distinctive atmosphere. The film's climax and finale is genius. And Liz Nolan says, Oh my MG, this film shitting terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> the scariest bunch of nutters ever and only fuels my fear of fire to the point of panic. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for chipping in on that one. And you've done our job for us. Finished? Yeah, Should we all go home? Good <laughs> night. You can get Jonathan Law. <laughs> <laughs> it was upon a llama's night when corn rigs are bonny. Beneath the moon's unclouded light I held a while to Annie. The time went by with careless heed till tween the late and early. With small persuasion she agreed to see me through the barley. Corn rigs and barley rigs and corn rigs are bonny. I'll not forget that happy night among the rigs with Annie. So the director's cut has a diff- totally different intro where you see Sergeant Howie on the mainland. And it's when he's he in church. Is this mm-hmm. the scene he's in church? No, before no. that. Before that, yeah. Before okay. that, yeah. He sort of he's been away and he comes back from wherever he's been and like he he, uh, he meets up with uh, the, his fellow coppers and he's like have I missed anything and they're all sort of snickering behind his back because they know what kind of character he is and they say something like you know oh just the usual you know sodomy and blasphemy <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they're all sort of sniggering at him behind his back and then the good stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, it, he gets the letter so you see him receive the letter and. Uh, all that yeah, definitely not yeah and they talk about Summer Isle being famous for its apples mm-hmm. as well which is quite interesting because they say that later on but it does feel like little nuggets of fact that came out of nowhere so that makes more sense yeah. that they've established it yeah yeah and then it cuts to him in church so there's that little little extra bit so then he um, arrives at the Summer Isle and the first shot you get is him arriving and it's all of the older guys the fishermen and stuff isn't it coming out of the local um, is it a pub that they're in or are they just there? Yeah, the they just stood on the harbour, aren't they? They just stood, they just stood on the harbour. Pie master. Pie master. That's what I call it. Harbour master. <laughs> What's a pie master? Pie master's a shop that sells pies. 
Oh, I'm so- Street. I like it this. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's last time. Pie Minster. Pie I like this album. So Pie Master. Pie Master is. The guy who the ball. is an SNM Pie Club. <laughs> After hours, SNM Pie Club on Bell Street. <laughs> just a couple of minutes. <laughs> so the elderly gentlemen of Summer Isle have just been here having their halloumi fries at Pie Minster. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they're the first sort of wall that he comes up against, Andy. They're saying Rowan doesn't exist. And then. And they're like, oh, that Rowan. And they say, oh, her mum, May Morrison, owns this local sweet shop. Yeah. Uh, but that's not Rowan but, in the but picture. But that's not her daughter. That's not her daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they weren't very convincing when they were saying, they were like, oh, no, 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 I don't know her. Yeah, they're all the <laughs> sort of winking at each other, aren't they? There's no Rowan Morrison. And then yeah. it all turns around. Yeah. So off he goes round to May Morrison at the sweet shop. And it's a whole weird sweets in the window. What, what, what like the chocolate, chocolate baby thing? The chocolate baby. There's, there's boobs. <laughs> well, I wrote down a list. There's like, there's hairs, there's boobs, there's babies, there's heads, all made out of sweets of different kinds. The strangest sweet shop you've ever seen in your life. Would you eat anything from there? Yes. <laughs> all, of it. all of it. The baby's head, the boobs. <laughs> That's the that thing that actually gives the kids as well if really nice. I really eat them. Mm. Is that after the frog? Yeah, after the frog. Frog in your throat. Frog in your throat. Um, so yes, yeah, so strange things, strange, strange things, and um, he that's where he meets Miss Morrison, and he also meets Myrtle, doesn't he? And she's mm. drawing her hair, and, he, yeah. and she's quite standoffish with him, isn't she? Yeah. She's a bit because like, he calls it a rabbit. Yeah. Yes, it's not a rabbit. It's a silly it's a rabbit. Hair. It's a hair. It's a hair. Um, he doesn't really get anywhere with them so he goes round to the Green Man pub and this is like the classic sort of trope of a stranger walks into a bar mm-hmm. people stop playing their instruments and stop talking and, and just all sorts of turn and look at him which it's is like um, American Werewolf yeah. Yeah. yeah everyone stops yeah and then he meets Alda McGregor who is played by Lindsay Kemp which is a, a Kate Bush connection Kate for Bush the connection. We haven't got a Madonna connection on this it's one. It's Kate Bush one. We'll find one. We'll find the Madonna connection before the end of the See, podcast. Kate Bush studied dance mm-hmm. and mime with Lindsay Kemp. So where she does all her strange mm. dance moves, she's, she was taught that by Lindsay by, Kemp. Yeah, does not surprise me. By the landlord. Mm-hmm. He also he, taught he took, about Bowie about movement as mm-hmm. well, didn't he? But didn't he take Bowie? I think According he might have Wikipedia. Well. Or he might have had something... Going on. It's an affair, was the exact choice of words. I think everybody had an affair with David. I think they were all acting. He was fabulous. During this entire. He was just so gay. I love how he never pretends to be anything but as well. Yeah. Hello, (laughs) sir. It's so gay. (laughs) And there's a scene, like during the song, which we're going to get on to, where he's not even in focus and he steals the scene from behind. (laughs) Out of focus, he pulls a face of like. A smarmy little judgmental face at yeah. him, and I'm just like, "How are you doing that? You are not in focus. You yeah. have just stole the show. Yeah. Love him. He's wonderful." Um, so then, um, when he basically the sergeant asks if he could stay, if he can have some food, and Alda McGregor says, "Yes, I'll get my daughter Willow to show, to show you the way." And the minute Willow's mentioned, the whole pub erupts into "Oh, the landlord's daughter!" <laughs> and they then start singing the first of many songs in this film. I mean, we've got a song before that. The, the there's Corn a couple Ricks, of songs, but this is the first one that this the cast are singing on yeah. screen. 
Which is a filthy little dissy, isn't it? And if ever there was going to be a breakaway pop hit of <laughs> this, is Man, this is it. Yes, yeah. And I love the fact that when they're singing about the landlord's daughter, Willow, played by Britt Eklund, stands there proud as punch. Mm. And she's just like, yes, I'm that much of a slut. They made a song up about me. Yeah, and then she just starts dancing with them. She's she loves like, it. Yeah. And great. more... That I can kind of take because she just loves it in that, but it, it dad's just in the background. <laughs> that's the weirdest bit. They're all just singing a song. Like a dad picked her out. Yeah. yeah. That's my girl. <laughs> and not only is she dancing, not only is she dancing around the pub, she's dancing around the pub with the fellas. And like at one point, one of them's just following around, thrusting into a yeah. bum. But she is like, she's like moving back. Yeah, against him yeah she just loves every bit at no point in this film does Willow appear to be in any way not in control of her oh no 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 no, no, no. not at all she's not like a me too Willow (laughs) she is like a she's like a me do Willow (laughs) 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 it's not your typical it's not your typical 70s it's really not or like any of the you know some of the jello films that we've watched yeah. where you think oh is you know, is that character in control isn't she is yeah. this just gratuitous yeah I don't actually find anything in that in The Wicker Man particularly gratuitous none of the none of the um, none of the sexual elements of the film that I can think of correct me if I'm wrong are particularly icky no, there's none of it no. where you go you're a bit uncomfortable no, there's, there's a lot no, of films no. from that era that are, like you just said, but like Jello and stuff. Mm. But there's none, there's nothing in it. It's not like explosive, it's just naked because it's naked. Yeah. I remember thinking this is Blood on Satan's Claw, I think, because parts of that which are quite sexual and it's a bit like. It's a it, bit, it all gets a bit rakey. It's, it? Yeah, it's a bit rakey. Because yeah. the, the, some of the characters are quite young in it as well, aren't they? So it's like, yeah. like kids being raped by the devil. So yeah. It's a bit rakey. Well, no, what you mean this is, never really feels like that. It doesn't. Yeah, you never get that sle- sleazy. You never get a sleazy f- feel from it. It's sexy but not sleazy. Of, yeah, one of the easy but not sleazy. One <laughs> of the bits that we're about to come on to. Where there's lots of people having sex. I, I thought it looked like every sing- in every single couple, the woman was on top. Yeah, do it. I think that just very subtly not changes the whole dynamic. Before the turquoise yeah. beans, yeah. before the turquoise beans, we get a, a, we get our first big clues, don't we? In that there's like a wall of fame in the Green Man of all of the all of the harvest festivals. Yeah, yeah. and there's a there's a young girl one, on every one of them. Yeah, isn't the May that? Queen, the May Queen, but then the last one's missing. The last one's missing. It, yeah, it's broke. They say it's broke. Yeah, yeah. It's broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we have turquoise beans, which I found quite fascinating. Turquoise. Turquoise. <laughs> turquoise, yes. Turquoise beans. And basically all the food that he's eating is out of a can, and he's on an island that's famed for its fresh produce. Mm-hmm. So we get that first sort of clue that something's not quite right on the island. But doesn't he ask for like a, a famous apple? And yeah. he says, oh, we've got none. Yeah. And it's not all about food or something. It's Yeah, not everything's about food. So it's not all the pleasures of life with food or yeah. something. And it's tinned peaches. Well, I'm sorry, that is one of my pleasures of life. Yeah. Peaches and cream. Peaches. Yeah. <laughs> he is a very grumpy bastard, isn't he? I made from a the note get-go? Of, yeah, because yeah. when he, he comes back from the pub and they're all singing. No, he comes back into the pub, doesn't he, from outside and everyone's like singing and have a good time and he's just a grumpy twat. Yeah. And when he's demanding his supper and it's like, yeah. it does the pub even serve food? But if it does, he's just come in and says, I want my supper right now. Yeah. It's like, 
you just and that pub is hopping like mm. with your turn mate yeah it is chop out and they're all having an absolute and ball ball living their best lives I would totally be at that local every night yeah and he'd be better to investigate actually making a few mates in that mark mm. mm. yes. than being so coming on so strong yeah speaking of which he goes for a walk and happens upon a slow motion orgy in the local park that's what I was talking about yeah does that happen in Sefton Park? You're looking at me. Yeah. Not on a Tuesday. Oh, okay. Because I thought we could all take a walk over <laughs> there. So it's all very strange and erotic and weird and he's, his nose is right out of joints, isn't it? And, and then, the go woman on. who's crying whilst travelling at um, a grave. A grave. Which, I think, this film has a few kind of red herrings in it because, like, I was convinced <laughs> that was her crying over. Like, the missing girl. Like, you know, like her dead daughter who'd been sacrificed earlier on at some other point that we didn't get to see. Yeah. And that, that was going to be hinting at something that was going on, but then that wasn't it. But don't, yeah, I know why she's naked. <laughs> why is she naked? Well, why not? Because yeah. everybody's naked in this film. <laughs> yeah. And they filmed it in like November, December time. Yeah. So they were all in Scotland. Free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were all absolutely freezing. Um, and then, so if you watch the final cut of the director's cut, this is where one of the one of the deleted scenes is put back in mm. just after this isn't it where is it Ash is it yeah so he so Sergeant how he goes and gets in, checks into his room and all that sets up on the Wi-Fi, <laughs> <laughs> um, raids the minibar puts on some Netflix and then outside the window uh, Lord Summerisle who we actually haven't been introduced to yet have we so it's just randomly Christopher Lee with bad hair yeah do you think maybe that's why that scene is to usually re- was removed from the first cut because you haven't really been introduced to him yet, have you? It doesn't add anything to the character, does it? It's Except for not to his character, not intrinsically. But like, it says a lot more about the. It says more about the culture of the island, yeah, and yeah. about Britain. It does, and it also there's also hints, isn't it, that there's going to be something else coming tomorrow because she mm-hmm. says tomorrow is about death and rebirth. Yeah, and so. he was fuming that that bit got cut. But I feel like that was the most pompous bit of the entire... Christopher Lee. Yeah. Christopher Lee's always furious when things get cut that he's in. Yeah. But I, I feel like... With Lords of the Rings as well. He loved himself so much in that scene and how pompous he was being yeah. with his little soliloquy about oh, um, amazing. snails. Amazing. And I'm like, that's why he was so annoyed that that got cut because that was just you yeah. being like Shakespearean for a bit. Yeah. So Summer Isle has come to see... Willow and he's, he's bearing a gift and the gift is Ash Buchanan a virile blonde young man who's basically there to lose his virginity and he's announced as another sacrifice for Aphrodite um, and then he goes and chats to a snail yeah as you, as you do he quotes Walt Whitman to the snail um, and then inside the band sing Gently Johnny <laughs> I love that song and that was cut. That was cut from the film wasn't it it was it yeah. yeah this whole section is cut from the film oh yeah obviously because if you don't have that put outside, that doesn't make any sense to sing yeah. the song. That was probably one of the, the best songs. Yeah. And they're a little bit weird when you think about the connotation of it. Because <laughs> they're obviously singing it to the boy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Who's, le- who's le- in the process of losing his virginity. They're guiding him they're for guiding, his first yeah, time. Yeah, and it's, that, that is just completely and utterly unsettling, but actually it's also strangely beautiful as well. And it's one of those things, because it puts you in the same position as Sergeant Howie, because... We think that's weird. What are they doing? That's actually wrong. I mean, okay. If they got guy... young, <laughs> do you know, I thought he looks about twenty. No, he did. He looks about twenty at least. I think he's Maybe not meant more. to be. I think he's meant to be young. Yeah, you look. You look like he was made to be young. 
But yeah, it's a bit weird. I didn't admit, but that's it's a, that's one of the things that makes you look at what your your actual attitudes are towards sex and all that kind of stuff, and it, you know what I mean. You put you in the position, mm. so to speak, of the Sergeant Harry character because it was like I was watching it thinking this is weird, but then I thought, but is it? Because they are just sort of giving him advice on what his first time should be like. Yeah, really? they're guiding him and they're guiding him in terms of how to, to in terms of what to expect and to not be scared yeah. but also to be respectful mm. to care for the woman you think well as much as all of the same the situation feels very strange that's probably more than most people get to say that's education even now yeah. I suppose if it wasn't in the form of a song and it was in the form of a so whilst Will I was taking Ash's virginity in the next room Sergeant Harry's lying there listening to it mm. and it's really fucking freaking him out it's really getting him angry so. An all round, an already angry man, angry. Yeah, well, mm. probably jealous. And then, um, as if that wasn't bad enough, so he, he gets no sleep listening to all the sex going on next door. Then the, the first thing he sees the next morning is a bunch of schoolboys dancing around a maypole singing about penises. <laughs> 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 it's sex education, though, isn't it? Yeah, that guy said the, the teachers is. is is unusual, isn't he? He's a bit like Mr. Unusual. J. Is yeah. that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> he was enjoying telling them about the circle of life a bit yeah. too, too much. Okay, so there is a heinous in this film then. There's a there is a heinous in the film then, isn't there? Really? That moment. I forgot about that. Hit, hit, I that I don't yeah. know. That moment. Not the whole of that moment, but there's just there is something about that teacher I that I didn't like him. I like the way he struck a pose when he talked about the tree for the first time. He went. <laughs> he's Mr. J from Summer High Time. Yeah. There's a tree on a grave. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was harmless. I mean, I thought the woman teaching. And what's that symbol? It's the phallic symbol! <laughs> yeah. It was a bit more weird than anything. Yes, the penis. So he sees the dancing around the Maypole. There's a lovely little song. Uh, the songs do come thick and fast, don't they? Mm. Once they start. There's a lovely little song about the Maypole. It is the Maypole. Oh dear. Um, it's like the Daily Mail's idea of hell, isn't it? This, uh, it's, the, um, it's the symbolic regenerative, regenerative quality of nature. Yes. That, this is from, this, this, is from <laughs> this Miss Rose, who's teaching the girls... And she takes issue with Daisy, who is clearly 48. She <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't look, didn't look no, like a child. I looked it up, and it's quite wicked, actually. I looked it up, she's like 23, I think, the actress. Um, but she wasn't well lit. Has she got a fly on a string? <laughs> the beetle? The beetle, the beetle on a string. That, on a that was slowly killing itself by going around in circles. That was Because he finds, it's Rowan's desk, isn't it? He opens the desk, thinking yeah. this is Rowan's desk. Sergeant Howie just marches in like he owns the place. In the middle of a classroom, and like... Tells Miss Rose off for, to- for teaching them about cocks. And then um, when he finds, <laughs> he says, Everywhere I go in this house, there's degeneracy. Mm-hmm. And he says, It stems from the filth taught in this school. Uh, 
and then when he realizes that uh, when they all they all act like they don't know Rowan, and then he sees the name in the class register, he turns around and calls them despicable little liars. <laughs> it's not a good way to ingratiate yourself in the community. It's a great way of investigating. When the woman goes off and talks about how um, reincarnation is easier for the kids to understand than resurrection, I was like, I totally agree with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can be, I am on your side. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, their fairy tale makes more sense than his fairy mm. tale. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love when she says they don't say the word dead. Mm. She sort of just mouths the word dead. I quite like that. But she essentially tells him that Rowan is dead, doesn't she? She mm. says she's returned to the earth mm. and all this. So, she, so he's now being told that this little girl is dead. Um, and if you, when you listen to that song, actually what they're believing in isn't mumbo jumbo. Mm. They are actually just talking about things mm. living and dying, and when you things die, die you return, you you, decomp- you decompose, mm. and that makes the, the land fertile and helps things Which is true. grow. And it goes round in a big circle, and that's all that they were talking about. And I think actually, for as much as it's all being what was being paganism, and that's actually just scientific mm. fact. Mm. It it's is. all a big circle. It is, and it's actually really, it's it's actually a really positive way of teaching young people about death mm-hmm. yeah as well I agree oh my god should we move to Summer Isle yeah <laughs> let's do it um, the boat's waiting <laughs> so off he goes um, to look for Rowan is he looking for Rowan's grave he wanders through the graveyard doesn't he and sees there's a strange scene with a woman holding an egg so he finds this woman sitting holding an egg and breast in one hand yeah. and breastfeeding the baby in the other it's almost done it's, he's almost posed like it's Specific, like it's meant, it's meant to be referenced and something, and I can't think what it's supposed to be. Well, it's meant to be. It's it's a, it's, it's like a symbol for um like a fertility it's fertility. So the the egg and the breastfeeding. Is, I think she wants another baby. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Given that this was shot in Dumfries and Galloway in um, November and December, that woman sitting breastfeeding must have been very, very cold. I find it really, really infuriating when he just starts like smashing things up and creating a cross. Yeah, he, built, he makes oh, a cross, yeah. doesn't he? Mm. He's an asshole. He is an asshole. He is. He's just like literally towards the end, all we know to turn into is being a Jesus freak already. Yeah, yeah. I hate him. I, I did fancy him a little bit. I sort of know what you mean. He's handsome. The physicality of him is quite handsome. He's dressed as the policeman. Like from the seventies, like heartbeat. You reminds me of, and I really fancied that man in heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> you got a heartbeat thing. <laughs> I think this is. I've always liked. That's what's on the back of his t-shirt. <laughs> 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 I've always liked the policeman, and I think it stems from watching heartbeat and the, the guy who brought out the single. Nick Berry. You fancied Nick Berry. I didn't know at the time, but in retrospect, I know I do now. You didn't know. Oh. You didn't know you fancied him, or no? I just really liked him. And that was a, that's always key. Whenever I, I really like someone, there's a re- really horrible bit, isn't there? Where the, it, the it, actual grave, the grave with the the, the thing growing out of it, the, the little plants it, growing out of it. It is a Rowan, a Rowan tree, isn't a it? A Rowan tree, and he says there's some skin. There's the, some the poor wee lass's navel string. Navel yeah. string. And what is the navel string? Is that the thing? The umbilical cord. Yeah, it's like chopped off. May Morrison then shoves a frog in Nettles' mouth. Yeah. Silly girl, you have to make all this fuss. It's just a little frog. It'll do that poor soul throat good. Now, anyone would think you didn't want to get better. Now, in he goes. And out he comes. There. Now, that didn't hurt much. 
touched it. Taste it, Horace. Never mind, darling. It's all over now. Here's your sweet for being a brave girl. Come on, which one would you like? There. He's got your horrid old sore throat now, hasn't he, poor creature? Can't you hear him croaking? Can I do anything for you, Sergeant? Oh, I doubt it. Seeing you're all raving mad. I love that scene. It's like, a, it's like an old folk. I thought I already knew that. Because it's like, there's, 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 there's a the phrase yeah. frogging your throat when you've yeah. got a sore throat. So I, 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 I didn't realise maybe it's a, an actual folk remedy. Mm. I feel like I've, I knew that or I've seen or heard of that being done before this film and I don't know where. Possibly my childhood. I've heard of stuff like putting diseases onto an animal mm. to transfer it. Yeah. That's used a lot. Like in a lot of different things. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you transfer them to the animal and it takes it away from you. That's used in a lot of medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't a jar of foreskin around here somewhere? So, so almost, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Hold off. <laughs> Wait for the foreskin, Jonathan. It's Don't something pe- I've had to learn in my life. Wait for the foreskin. Don't peek too early. It will come. Um, so when he sees her doing the thing with the frog... He says, he calls them all raving yeah, mad. they're all raving mad. He just gets more and more rude. Mm. I mean, I know he's there to find a missing, possibly murdered child, so he's probably a little bit wound up. But still, it's fucking rude. Do you think the girl really done that as well? Because that's quite a brave little girl. Possibly. I don't think so. There's, a, there's like an obvious, there's an obvious edit just before. And, yeah. It's like a Bush took a trial though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was quite impressed with it. Fuck, I need a kangaroo's or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the awkward scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eat now this. just eat this. Eat this, little girl. Um, <laughs> and then, so after this, in the director's cut, there's a brilliant scene that I can't believe that they cut. And he then goes to the doctor. Before he meets Ingrid Pitt, he goes to the doctor and he and he basically says, is she dead? And he, the doctor says, yeah. And then he says, how did she die? And the doctor says, because he's in a rush, the doctor says, she was burned to death, as my lunch will be if I continue talking about <laughs> <some of> you. <laughs> And then walks off. Priority. I know, I know. It's so funny. I can't believe they cut it. And then, <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? That is good. Um, his secretary then, he goes and meets the secretary, and she is played by a very buttoned-up Ingrid Pitt. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, iconic actress. Yeah, the most buttoned-up I've ever seen in this film, for now. I've got to say, <laughs> I, I remember a different bit. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fast forwards by about half an hour to your favourite bit. <laughs> Uh, so there's that and then we have foreskins in a jar can you imagine going to the chemist and be like I'll have a jar of foreskins please for the magic you know you've hmm? got to do a spell Just, I have newt some foreskin <laughs> whatever <laughs> can I have a jar of snake oil embrocation please <laughs> is that what keeps you young it doesn't work very well no I don't know about that um, so the foreskins and then after that he goes off and finds Miss Rose leading the girls in their fertility dance at the stone circle talking about making the baby go <laughs> <laughs> dancing around the naked around the fire yeah dancing over the fire yeah. well, not, really, the fire. not really naked though are they Burn and burn, belay. Fire seed and fire feed and make the baby 
It's probably because it was cold. They're probably supposed to be, but now that obviously things are remastered in 4K and stuff, you can see that they're actually wearing like skin coloured outfits, aren't they? So just think if you're still on like third generation VHS, or yeah, if you've watched it, you were watching nudity. Yeah, maybe they were fire retardant, given they were having to leap over that fire. That's true, yeah. And that's why you just don't wear. But clothes. then there's the danger that it go on fire. Exactly. In as, that age, as, as Lord Summer else says. But in yeah. that day and age, the pubes would be quite. Oh, <laughs> they would be voluminous. Very, very vulnerable to flames. Voluminous bush. <laughs> the bush. Flammable. Flammable. Flammable flaps. Yeah. <laughs> I just said flammable. You, you added flaps. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, four skins. I'm just being, you know, equality. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he goes and meets um, Lord Summer Elf for the first time here, doesn't he? So Christopher Lee mentions in the com- in one of the commentaries that um, in the in the shorter version, this is my first scene. <laughs> He's really not happy about that. Yeah. I think this works better as a character introduction, though. Yeah, yeah I think that, that for me, that yeah. this is a better introduction. Yeah, because I didn't even realize it was the same. Yeah. Character yeah. for ages. He tells a story, doesn't he, Christopher, that um, when they did the first screening of the film at British Lion, who mm. put it out at their, their sort of headquarters on their screening room, they, were, they didn't know that British Lion had cut loads of stuff, so they watched a the cut version. And he went up to the guy who's called Michael, I think yeah. it's Dealey or something, who, who was the managing director, Michael Dealey, and he's got like a really, uh, he's got a really um, fractious sort of history with this guy from because of this and he went up to him and um, he went into his office and Michael Dealey said so what did you think of the film and Christopher Lee said um, I, I think it's great but I'd rather you put all those scenes that you cut back in it and Michael Dealey is supposed to have said really you think it was great I think it's in the top 10 worst films I've ever seen <laughs> that was the guy who was like running the company that put it out Michael Dealey says he never said it and Christopher right. Lee made it up mm. so you don't know you don't quite know yeah. you can yeah. I'm gonna say Christopher Lee. You can believe, <laughs> you can go, yeah. I think you could go either way with it, really. Um, I think when it was a hit, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he changed <laughs> yeah. his mind. Yeah, well, it well, wasn't well, a hit. No, was no, it wasn't a hit. Well, years later, it became yeah. a, like a cult hit. Didn't it was it? kind of buried, wasn't it? So it was like Roger Corman actually liked it more than anyone else, and mm. he's the one who had the full version of it, like buried away somewhere. So they went back to him for it, like years later. To, to get it out there. Sorry, wait, wait. So we, we meet Lord, Lord Summer Isle, and um, we have my favourite exchange where the talking about the girls dancing outside and how he says they're naked, and Summer Isle says, "Well, naturally, it's much too dangerous to jump through fire with clothes on." <laughs> <laughs> this is about where I had to pause to catch up to make notes because he just has so many lines in this. Yeah, this this scene with the two of them mm. is so good. So good. My absolute favourite bit. Of this, it was um, rather have a child god than some acne scarred artisan. Yeah, that's a beautiful little sentence, right mm. there. <laughs> Loads of really good stuff, isn't there? So as I say, your your god is the son of a virgin impregnated by a ghost. Yeah, yeah. And then it was something about matters being better discussed with uneath bent. 
I just love that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just thought that was a really pompous but brilliant thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. He's good, isn't he? I mean, Christopher Lee is a really, really good actor and he gets to, he does get to show that in this film where I suppose you would be frustrated if all you were doing was flocking around in a cloak all the time and, mm. and you know, glaring at people <laughs> with red contact lenses in. Yeah. So, you know, you can see why he was frustrated and he does get to sort of express his acting chops in yeah. this film. And he's, he's a really good actor. And there's a lot of humour. He's got yeah. like a glint in his eye for a lot of this film as well. Yeah, there's a definite humour to him he's mocking him isn't he which it makes it a bit more sinister as well I think yeah. especially the ends yeah. because of it because there's the bit where which I love where it, where after the he goes and digs Rowan up and it's a hair and he goes he goes back to Lord Sumrall and Lord Sumrall's sitting there with Miss Rose and they're having, they're having a sing song yeah oh, he's playing the piano he's playing the piano <laughs> and she's sitting on his rug and they're having yeah. a sing song and then he storms in Howie and he just reels just off throws, everything that's happened he just throws the hair doesn't he, he throws the hair at them <laughs> and he's like I've come over here the, you know there's been a disappearance then there's a death then there's no body and then Lord Sumrall just goes it's very perplexing for you what do you think would have happened because <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he say to him you're, you're supposed to be the detective here. I mean yeah, you're the detective, detective here yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really great <coughs> really funny I love the line what was it what of the, what, what the true gods when he says you know in modern parlance he has his chance and blew it yeah that, mm. so that's just his way of <coughs> just yeah don't care we <laughs> don't care about him yeah yeah, I said there's just so many. This this scene with the two of them, I think they're both really good actors. Yeah, and the scene's just so strong. A lot of it was cut down as well, wasn't it? Yeah. You'll notice there's a bit where he gets like an apple, he gets a um, a knife out, and then in the normal in the standard edition, it doesn't really go anywhere. But it was because he was supposed to go out and cut apples for him and mm. in his orchards and stuff. Mm. Isn't this where he he, he talks a bit about the history of yeah. Samurai or, and how when they were like Christians they mm. were like just eking out an existence and it was a very barren mm. um, environment and then when they adopted this lifestyle that's when things improved and became more yeah. prosperous Yeah, and that's just interesting in itself it's not just like you when they were just trusting to God and being very Christian and just yeah. praying and nothing, yeah. nothing was working God the god that was supposedly meant to be looking after them didn't do anything yeah. and yet when they when they t- took when they started to worship nature mm. nature started to take care of them yeah because he talks about his grandfather's like a weird like wacky victorian yeah. scientist at first doesn't he but then it's yeah it's more of a religion really mm. isn't it yeah and the more um the more the film goes along the more histrionic sergeant harry gets and he looks mm. more like the fool yeah. And everyone else is really calm, sort of looking at him as if to say, Well, you know, we're all normal, you're the man. Yeah. Well he does end up the fool, doesn't he? Well yeah, the, <laughs> the ultimate yeah, yeah. the ultimate fool. I think um I think I, I was thinking about it watching it and I was thinking about how um I was thinking about how you've got all these people who are living a so called quote unquote alternative lifestyle who this guy sort of lumbers in and tries to change them, judges them for it, and I was wondering whether that might have some sort of impact on why um a queer audience would like it mm. because I feel like there's lots of echoes there with the queer experience of yeah. just trying to live your life and being told that it's wrong under the mm. eyes of God and mm. uh, all that and you know your attitude to sex especially mm. is, is, is sick yeah. and wrong it made me think of it looking at it through that, that little lens as well yeah that makes sense it seems... also there's a woman who dances around naked and slaps her ass it's <laughs> 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 a very queer like hero moment we all do that before we go out <laughs> yeah. yeah I related to that <laughs> 
I'd go for slapping her ass. Yeah, so I think it's definitely a, a commentary on like the puritanical. Yeah. Because like the, the 60s and 70s, people pushed back against that, didn't they? Mm. And this was their yeah. way of doing that. We have a great moment of um, Stuck in Its Time exposition where he breaks into the chemist's breaks into the chemist and goes and looks through his photographs and finds a picture of Rowan and then pieces it all together by talking to himself. Oh, she's, you know, yeah, Rowan, yeah. there's no crops. <gasps> it's a sacrifice. <laughs> it's like something from Sunset Beach. Yeah, that is unusual. And that happened, is it then as well, or is this later on when he does it in his head when he's reading the book? Oh, it's later on when he's talking, he reads up about the festivals and he narrates his thoughts in his own head yeah. of yeah, what he's yeah. reading. yeah. It just really confused me because I thought he was talking out loud and that woman was just like looking at him. <laughs> yeah, she could hear his thoughts. Um, I was out with the old woman in the, mm, in the yeah. library, yeah. yeah. Ian Pagan makes you psycho. Um, just he didn't know. He goes back to the pub and this is where we have probably the most iconic scene of the whole film. Well, the second most iconic scene of the whole film. Yeah. Mm. The most iconic is the ending. Um, and we have Willow's, Willow's song. That, that actually speaks a lot of strength to this film. The fact that this scene is outdone by anything else in the film is quite yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's to true. Be fair. It's true. So Willow's song. So basically, he gets back, and Willow next door um, launches into a naked musical number. Yeah, banging, banging on his wall. That yeah. is like life goals when you are so sexy that you can seduce a man through a wall. Through a wall, <laughs> like yes. She had, yeah. to, she had a, a body double, didn't she, for some of it? But she didn't like that. Yeah, she's not amused. It's funny when you watch interviews with Bruce Eklund, she didn't like a lot. She was she, she doesn't she, She's quite sort of um she's quite sort of bitchy about the whole thing. She was bitchy about not having her own voice. Yeah. I love, she's probably got the most doubles in like anything ever because she didn't have her own talking voice, she didn't have her own singing voice. It's not her own body naked. Yeah. Like was she even in the film? I know. Like, just from the front and tits. I find it quite... I, I think it must have been insulting for her as well because Ingrid Pitt didn't get dubbed. And she was, like, mm. Polish, German. Mm. My... In that interview right there, the funniest thing is they talk about how um, she le- she left and got told that she got two days off, so she gets into the limo and gets drove off. And then the other woman who's the body double, like, the sex star is in the limo behind, lying on the floor, she so she couldn't see, <laughs> so so see her sneaking it in. <laughs> and then she came up and did all the bits from behind with blonde wig on. And then um, she turns around and says, that woman didn't look anything like me, her body was nothing like me. They just put on a blonde wig and she had a really big ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that was so bitter. And she says, like, she got fan mail from people asking her to sign the arse. And she just sent it back saying, it's not me. <laughs> it's not mine, darling. <laughs> <laughs> If you have to be snuck in, lying on the floor of a limb, a limb out, there's something wrong. Yeah, oh, that's life goals again. That just reminds me of Caligula, where they just like bust in porn stars at night. Yeah. So had just hardcore porn scenes yeah. into the film. Yeah. Um, so this song was also sampled by the gorgeous Eli Roth for Hostel. Yeah. The scene where um, the boys are seduced for the first time by the two girls. Yeah. It's the song that plays. Covered by the sneaker. Pimps. The sneaker pimps. Remember the sneaker pimps. Yeah. Which only like spin spin sugar was the one I recognised. And six underground. Which I didn't recognise. You probably know if you heard it. No, I listened to the I listened oh. to the album to check and I was like, Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't sound remember, but I never spin spin sugar. Can we discuss the lyrics to Willow's song? Fair maid, white and red, comb you smooth and stroke your head. How a maid can milk a bull and every stroke a bucket full. <laughs> Willow, you dirty, dirty girl. I wonder what that's about. Reading between the lines. <laughs> Breakfast. 
It's so good. This entire scene is amazing. I love. It's highly erotic. I think, mm. and, it's, and it's the most. It's the most erotic. Well, not probably. I don't know. There's probably other erotic scenes that have fa- scenes that have found erotic with a female, just a naked female. Yeah. But this is this is up there for me. It's the it's highly erotic. The pressing up against the wall and the the dance movements and the titty titty slap bum bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I like to think so that that's how she remembered the movie. <laughs> she was going titty titty slap That's how the choreography was written. Yeah. Lindsay Kemp wrote that choreography. And then he just like presses up against it's like crotch against the wall as well. Yeah. In the book that it's based on, he's licking the wall. Mm-hmm. Wow. The book is you based on the book ritual? is based on is called The Ritual, yeah. yeah. Uh and he yeah, he licks the wall. He licks the pattern off the wall. <laughs> he licks the pattern off the wall. He licks the pattern yeah. off the wall. Look at ours enough you might get through. <laughs> get through. Might as well just give in and have sex if you're to do it's that. It's like a little Kim song, isn't it? How many licks? <laughs> how many licks? Can I... So, right. Something I wondered. So given what happens at the end and given the reason why he's chosen to be sacrificed, yeah. is Willow trying to save his life? No. I was thinking it was more of a test. Yeah, to see if he to see how pure he actually was. Okay. Yeah, if he didn't get, if he did go through with it, then he wouldn't have been a suitable sacrifice. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah, but then if he is, you've kind of run out of time. So. But it wasn't a benevolent. So she wasn't doing it on purpose to try and think to try and save the sergeant. If, no, I don't think they so. just wouldn't have sacrificed him if he happened not to be pure. What would yeah. they have done then? They probably would have just yeah. let him just go. Confused him more. Yeah, and annoyed him more. Yeah, yeah, probably just killed him anyway. They probably just would have not damaged his plane and just let him leave. Yeah, I suppose. But you wouldn't get anyone else in a time. So you wouldn't just have to kill someone. Maybe they had a backup sacrifice ready to go. Yeah, just someone just in case. Because they had the perfect guess out, didn't they? Because if he goes back and says they're getting in the way of an investigation, mm. somebody comes and challenges and says there's nothing to investigate, Rowan was here all the time. Yeah, she is, yeah, she's still alive. He's going crazy. There is a rumour that Britt Acklands was going out with Rod Stewart at the time and he launched an attempt to block the release when he learned that his girlfriend was going to be naked. In the film. I don't know if that's true. I just that online. So he resists her nubile charms, and as a result, he stays a virgin. And then the next day is the big moment, isn't it? It's the big ritual. May Day. May, May Day. Isn't it a good? There's a great line. I, you should probably leave. I wouldn't want you to be offended by the May Day celebrations. Yeah. I love a montage scene in any film I've ever seen, but this is probably the first time I've ever seen a Search the Village montage. Search the Village montage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, behind every door, there's something more perplexing, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. So, so the, the, the salmon of knowledge. The salmon of knowledge. <laughs> Ingrid Pitt in the bath. It's uh, Ingrid Pitt in the bath is great. Um, and it's also, it's another moment where it's not really there to titillate, it's there to add, some, add more it's, it's, add, yeah, it's just to add to your confusion, you just go, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is going <laughs> and on? And like, there's a scene where the kid's pretending to be dead and falls off the wall. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's just bizarre. Yeah, and I love the... Um, the but that, at, at that, by that point, though, they are, you know, you can see they're just playing with them. They're, yeah. just, they're yeah. just messing with them. So we mm. see Lord Summerall in drag, don't we? What do you think of Lord Summerall's drag? Um, I'd be... I would, as soon as I saw him, I'd think, I'm going to get fucking murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's quite sinister. He's going yeah. to eat my brain. Then he's going <laughs> to murder. I'm not even going to be dead while he's eating my brain. I think he should go for Drag Race UK. There'll be a belt of nipples. 
Riders wait <laughs> before we know it. He'll be singing goodbye horses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. He should go for drag race, he probably win. Yeah, I think he's fucking good. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a great dancing rat. I think it's because he's like so the tall. shit makeup, and then he's like tall and gangly. The costume's just so weird as well, because he's got like, isn't it like a yellow jumper? Yeah. And then a purple dress over it, and yeah. then they just, they just clash. Yeah. And he's just wearing like trainees, isn't he? He's just got like cockpits yeah. on and yeah. jeans, and you just like, this is so unusual. And a lot of people, in, a lot of the other people in the village have gone to a bit more trouble, haven't they, really? Yeah. He, he should remake the ring and he should crawl out the town. Oh yeah, <gasps> yeah, he'd be, yeah, yeah. He'd be good. He's quite he's quite down with the people, isn't he? For a lord, mm. he's yeah. like gets on with everyone and has a laugh with everyone. Insults when people don't dance enthusiastically enough. Yeah, like I like him. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, he's a benevolent sort of murderous lord, isn't he? I do love art. I think we missed it, but I'll come back to it. <laughs> when he goes to the baker and to see if the baker's hiding in his house, and isn't it like? A coffin with a giant bread person in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. then you see a someone, metal. and then you see someone carrying it later on. Don't you? It's just a giant <laughs> person yeah. made out of bread. It's a metal coffin, isn't it? Why is he suspicious to him? <laughs> I just really just think I've just got to go. I'm going to be plain, even though it won't work. Yeah. Hope it floats away. I would leave right now. Yeah. I think there's something quite funny about the part of the tourism is because he's the king, because he's the policeman who comes in. But like throughout the entire film, he has to make to the point. He goes, "I'm a policeman. You have to do it. I'm a policeman. You have to do it." And he goes, "Like I'm a policeman." Keeps putting on his uniform yeah. like, repeatedly, as mm-hmm. like to establish his authority. But he doesn't realize he has no authority. Yeah. And there is kind of a sad ironism. His, mm-hmm. his uniform means nothing. Yeah. At all. And he just just well, it does. Like, on it. it just makes him more of a sacrifice because yeah. they say don't at the end. It's like the four criteria. You've got to be willing. Got to represent a king. Got to be a virgin, and you got to be a fool. Is it? Was that the fool? Yeah. You are, you are the fool. Yeah. You are the fool. Because who else would come here and yeah. do this except for the fool? Yeah. So, cause because he meets those four criteria, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot to mention before when we were talking about Brit Ackland that she caused a bit of a stink because she said that the film location was the most dismal place in creation. Yeah. yeah. So the locals weren't very pleased. I think it was gorgeous. I know. I think it was probably the more the weather. I think she was more bothered yeah. by the weather because they were all fucking freezing. Well, welcome to the UK. And she had to dance around naked as part of that as well. I don't think some of the plants were real. Yeah, there's like palm there's trees. There's no fucking there? palm trees <laughs> in the western Isles <laughs> of Scotland. He said they shipped some some stuff in. Yeah, Christopher, he said in the in the commentary that there are palm trees on one on some of the islands. Obviously, I find it hard to believe. I love the bit with the swords, where they've all got to step ahead really through the swords and oh, yeah. chop, and yeah. chop, chop, yeah, yeah, and good pits. And then they do chop, and then yeah. they do, and they do chop. Yeah, they do, yeah. but this doesn't kill the person. Yeah, because yeah, she's like hiding underneath the thing. My wig was snatched. Was it like, yeah. I was like the girl. Yeah, it's like a fake wolf's head, and mm. they get chopped off. Yeah. He um, so he um, there's that strange bit where they like the hand, the candle hand next to his bed, the hand yeah. of glory. Yeah. So I thought I thought it's she said to, like knock him out or something. I thought she it? said something about chloroform. Yeah. It was a hand of chloroform will um will make him unconscious, and then I felt That's like weird. I blinked, I missed the chloroform because then I was just looking at this hand going what? <laughs> yeah, it's really strange. Very literal hand. Yeah, but I, um, I thought we said the hand of glory, not the hand of chloroform. Maybe, maybe that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, the hand of glory would make more sense. But it definitely said hand of chloroform as far as I can tell. I thought you said chloroform. Oh, somewhere I heard. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. 
But that's what I heard as well. Yeah. But then it's not a hand of glory. It's definitely more of a hand of glory. Glory. Because it's burning. Yeah. It's like the monkey hand in Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Mm. The hall of glory. The hall of glory. I would like to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Um, he gets away before they can they can poison him, and he knocks Paul into camp out, doesn't he? And mm-hmm. steals his outfit. So it's literally the fool. Isn't yeah. it? The outfit is the fool. That's how he infiltrates the the um, Summer Isle Pride Parade. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then they waste the alcohol by rolling on into the sea, and then they decide yeah, they're going to go and sacrifice beer to the sea, don't yeah. they? Yeah, because they want to they want to give the gods a drink. But I thought the gods of the sea have always got a drink because mm. they're in the sea. Yeah. It's about returning things to nature, isn't it? So then things die, they get returned to the air. Yeah. So things that are liquid are returned to the sea. Returned to the sea. And they all just always weigh in the sea. sacrifice alcohol. Drink the it's beer and then put it in the sea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But we do that ourselves. But People do. pour alcohol onto um, tip and gin onto graves, don't they? Yeah. Oh my god, if I die, do not waste your alcohol drink. Tip it into your own mouth, get pissed, and dance <laughs> on my grave naked. Okay. No, I want a full blown, full blown cocktail poured on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's soak into you. I'll drink it, then I'll wear it onto you. No, <laughs> I don't want your piss. <laughs> First time for the Mars. <laughs> um, and then, so then um, he then sees poor, poor Rowan. See, this is where I thought she was acting bad on purpose. Because she's like, oh, I don't like these people. Please rescue me. Yeah. She's all like innocent. And I thought she was like trying to trick him. Yeah. And I thought that was the entire point. So then I thought when she came out the other side of this thing, when she was going to be revealing that she was tripping that she was going to suddenly start acting better but she never <laughs> <laughs> God's never knows let's watch it again to see so he he, th- he thinks he's rescuing Rowan but then it's revealed to him that it's all been a big game uh, he pops his head out of a hole and there's Lord Summerisle with his band of wenches mm. you've got the and few women changed that's they've all been changed yeah yeah. that was a quick change Yeah. Um, and it's revealed to him that he will be the sacrifice and then for the first time he sees where he's going as the wicker man um, and so I've seen it about five six times and this time when I saw him see the wicker man I had the biggest reaction to it like the biggest like tension the biggest fear and sadness for him which I quite like that you can watch mm. film again and again mm. but then still be quite disturbed by it yeah that's a great that great shot and then him shouting it's, Jesus Christ yeah Mm. it's so cool like it's just such an amazing image yeah wasn't the bit that scared me the most the bit that scared me the most was when he went to check out his um boat plane when it had been tampered with and they all just kind of like pop up <gasps> all and the animal heads and then he turns back around and the yeah, they all like, disappear like, dis- they're like little pixie people mm. like, that's oh, really good yeah that's the best bit yeah for like scare factor yeah I think this was. I think the scare for th- that was creepy factor for me, but this was like that sort of mountain, mounting dread. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's that feeling of dread where you know yeah, what's going to happen to him. He's completely and utterly impotent, isn't he? For all this shouting of Jesus Christ and, mm. and he, the Lord and all sorts of things yeah. he's shouting, and it's all, it's all pointless, all futile, completely powerless. Just, that's it. He just kept going on and this is what drove me to just want him to die quicker because I was just like can you not see that you don't your god is not doing anything here you've got no power this is 
it's not going to happen. They've won this with their little pagan god, so stop praying to them. It's got a similar feel to for me, a similar fear, scare, scare factor that the exorcist's got, mm. which is all about faith and all about faith being futile and your faith won't save you. And that's the yeah. same thing for this film, both released in the same year. I suppose good on them for keeping his faith up until the last seconds, but like, yeah. see, I think as well, it's uh, my thought is even though they have sacrificed them, I don't think it will save the island. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Yeah. So that's so for me, that's it's a commentary on them as well. It's a double. It's a double. Yeah, it's kind of saying because he even say, he points to him and says, doesn't he? When this when the crops fail again next year, you'll you, you will be the one. You'll be next, and I think they will fail because. You know, you can talk about Christianity and that, you know, being loads of shit. Yeah. But then, what they what they believe in is probably loads of shit as well. Yeah, yeah but I hope the crops don't. I know. Fail. So I want them to be will. okay. I, I wanted know, it to be, and if it wasn't a film that was released now, we probably would have to stand. I wanted it to be a picture on the end credits of him or his like burned dead body with like the bountiful crops, just like the the other May Queens had. But it was just him burned with a crown on his head and like all the crops next to him. Or a little bottle cup sprouting out of his eyeball or yeah. something. So he the crops burst out yeah. of him. Yeah. Mm. That'd be much more like that'd yeah. be a cool ending to show. Yeah. So you have a real gut punch of an ending. It's really it's really shocking and sad mm. and horrible. Um apparently when they were filming it, the poor ghost above him was so scared to pissed on his head. It's really mean. Very stressful. Did he did he use that? Did he work with it? And you know Possibly Brit Ackland hints that some of the animals never got out alive. She said like at least one, but I think she was stirred and she's just tied to cross. I'm choosing to not trust her. They had a nice uh, nice Nice goose yeah. for, uh, for tea that <laughs> night. And uh, Anthony Schaffer, the writer, tells a funny story that um, loads of the locals were complaining, saying, oh, yeah. are you going to kill all those animals? So he, he sent them all a letter saying, we're not going to kill any of those animals. The only animals that will be harmed are, and then he listed the fluffiest, cutest With animals. Pandas and stuff. Pandas and chihuahuas. And <laughs> <laughs> they will all be killed. But the goat will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, the construction on that thing is incredible. And how they managed to get the animals in there. Yeah. I was just like, I was very impressed. Yeah. It didn't think it was very nice, but still, it was very impressive. Do you reckon the Wicker Man thing is... is um, it's 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 inspired by reading the pages of Julius Caesar's War Diaries. Mm. Apparently, he talks about um, in, invasion of as France. Did they yeah, France? Yeah, and he did. he said that a lot of the tribes there would um, any any sort of criminals that they had, they would save them up mm. and build these effigies and put them put them all in yeah, well. and burn them in giant. It's probably full Shakespeare. Yeah, goal. Yeah. yeah. I thought when I said Julius Caesar, I meant Shakespeare. That's the only time I ever think anything right. No, I did. I thought Shakespeare at first, but then he does. He says it's from his like his accounts of of, being, of going to war. Okay. Find asterisks in our books. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we mean then? Asterisks used to burn people in a wicker man. Yeah. Who knew? Save up all the criminals. And... They never saw that in the comics. <laughs> no. Uh, I did. Um, I did. Evil PT to look like asterisks. <laughs> used to do. Uh, Used to burn boys in a wicker man, and they went playing football, wouldn't know. Yeah, you know, he used to just horribly bully me, and um, he was quite racist as well yeah. to some of the children. Sounds lovely. Yeah, wouldn't well, mind if he was hot, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so there we have it: the big ending, the big fiery finale, the gorgeous shot of the sunset. I think the the final scene is just so sinister. The way it's they all start singing. Yeah. 
and yeah. because they're all round and, and there's such glee you mm. know what I mean it's so joyful and gleeful they're having a pure party aren't yeah. they yeah <laughs> that shot where it, the head collapses and, and the, the sun behind it and you zoom in on the sun that is so fucking good yeah. like you just can't make that yeah. like that shouldn't be allowed that's yeah. good the director never really did much after this either. He did the Wicker Tree, didn't the he? The Wicker Tree, which I've never seen. Spiritual yeah. I've never seen Have you seen it? No. He had a third one planned. It was meant to be a trilogy of Wicker Man films, right. but I think he died before he got to make it. Yeah. It's funny when you watch some of the interviews with them because him and the writer are a bit guilty of what we talked about hating when we were talking about Tesperia. And they sort of saw the horror genre as something that they should really like a step at that. Yeah. And they had a bit of a... a, bit of a I don't know. I think they come across as very rich and posh and snobby, just in general. Um, but they seem to come at, come at the, the genre from a bit of a outsider standpoint and, and be a, sometimes some of, what, some of what they say comes across as a little bit condescending, but I think the difference is with but this, that, it's just good. Yeah. <laughs> they made a good film. Mm. <laughs> I think there's that, the difference is about 40 years as well. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're doing now in 2018, thinking, oh, I'm better than this, you know, people... I mean, this the Wicker Man was, was fairly, that was fairly radical, I suppose, for its time. Yeah. Like, folk horror is, you know, a tiny little genre, you yeah. know, a few films. So, I, I, can, forgive, I, can, forgive, I can forgive them for... And they made something brave and bold and truly horrifying. Yeah. Um, which I think makes up for a lot of that as well. Because mm. um, they've kind of inadvertently made a horror, they've tried to tell, a, like, a folk story... And it's just, you know, it, it turned out as a horror. I don't think mm. they just wanted the musical. <laughs> they just wanted really the musical. Yeah, just wanted the musical with naked women. It's definitely one of the best British horror films. I'd yeah. say. Yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's well acted, well written, yeah. well shot. There's not yeah. really much to complain about. It was cut down from 100 minutes to 80 minutes at first because it was because uh, because the um the company the British Lion didn't have any confidence in it whatsoever they thought we'll put it out as part of a double so they put it out Don't Look Now wow so Don't Look Now was the, was the headliner and that's like 100 minutes or something and then this came out underneath 80 minutes um, so they both came out at the same time and um, I think over the years as people have sort of grown to realise that it's actually a really great film that's why all these different versions have come out I've got this Blu-ray with three different versions on it Um and there's probably more out there. There's probably more footage out there. But I definitely recommend it. I think uh, if you haven't seen The Wicker Man, um, give it a look and prepare yeah. to have your mind a little bit blown. It's worth paying for. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's actually on any free stream, official free streaming site. It's worth paying for. You can probably five pounds on Amazon. You yeah. can probably pick it up on Blu-ray fairly cheap, like Zappy mm. or yeah. you know, somewhere like that. Yeah. Other other retailers are available. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not being paid by. No, we're uh, not sponsored by anyone yet. <laughs> I did think you watched that film Apostle, didn't you? Yeah. I think if someone was trying, if someone was going to make a film of the Wicker Man now, it would probably be very similar to that. I think a lot of the themes are fairly similar. And that gore, that kind of modern gore that mm. we like, you know, I think that's how it would probably work these days. I think The Wicked Man inspired, has inspired so much. The, host, yeah. the Hostel films are heavily inspired by it. Kill List yeah. is heavily inspired well, by it. Well, that's kind of this modern folk horror revival, isn't folk it? Folk horror is yeah. really, really big again. Everything, yeah. Everyone's in folk horror. Well, yeah, Ben Wheatley's kind of done a lot, hasn't he? Mm. The Witch. Yeah, yeah. It, it has inspired a lot. I did think the Lindsay Kemp connection made me think if they if only they'd made it ten years later Kate Bush would have been on the soundtrack. Definitely. She would have been singing the songs. Mm-hmm. 
good old Kate. Did you see our video of Kate Bush Disco? Loved it. Oh I literally God. watched it like so many times. We have. <laughs> if they do another one, you've got to come. We has a screen. It's brilliant. I don't, I don't know Kate Bush. You don't need to. But it was. It looked amazing. It's a like, good, I would it's have good, it's a good excuse for you to introduce yourself to Kate yeah. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the queer issue. I did. As soon as I was just dancing with it, um, the red robes and everything, I was like, I like this song, but I think it was just because it was insane. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think you, you just need to be introduced to Kate, and also they, they played loads of Stevie Nicks as well. Okay. okay. So, um, anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone! This is good. This is going to be our last episode before Christmas. We were planning to do a special, a very special film for Christmas. That's not a horror film because we thought we'd do something outside the box, but we're just running out of time. Um, and I think the Wicker Man is a good, th- good one to end our 2018 run with. Festive. It's festive. Folk. Yes. Yeah. Festive. Yes. We've ended it in May. And... Yeah. Um, but yeah, have a have a wonderful Christmas, and we will be back in January 2019 with more filth and horror and everything in between. If anyone fancies watching the remake of the Wicker Man as well, <laughs> it is a terrible, terrible film, but yeah. I do love it. <laughs> I I think that we need to discuss that as a podcast on its own. Oh, okay. Not just that, but if we did like a podcast on remakes, I think that yeah. would definitely feature in, yeah. in that. Um so you can get me at Twitter, um at Twitter. You can get me on Twitter at Johnny Larkin. You can get Jonathan uh, Cthulhu five oh two. Stephen. HD and Where can we find Martin? I'll be in a bedroom in the Green Man. <laughs> Doing what? <laughs> Taking Introducing young men to the ways of the world. Titty titty arse What was it? Titty 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 arse Merry Christmas, everyone. We hope you all get a jar of foreskins for this.
Monday sun at midnight.